Welcome to another episode of What Are We Doing? A podcast from The Highlander. Mike Baker with The Highlander, and I am sitting down here with Hayden Hughes, who is a confirmed candidate running in Ward 4 in Dysart et al. for the upcoming municipal election. Uh, Thanks for joining me today, Hayden. Thank you for having me. Perfect. All right, so we're going to run through... uh, whole gamut of, of issues and questions uh, here while we're chatting. Uh, you know, we'll get into your, your reasons for running, your background in Halliburton County, and then uh, touch on some of the big key issues uh, facing the Highlands area. But uh, yeah, we'll start off with a really easy, uh, really easy question to begin with. Um, yeah, why don't you just sort of run through your, uh, your, your history in Halliburton County? All right, so my history in Halliburton County is actually a bit short. Uh, I've I've just uh, purchased a house up here, but I've been working up here for the past year and a half. Okay. I'm from Barrie uh, and grew up there my whole life. Um, and then the starting, I used to work in healthcare, and during the past couple of years, I just decided that it wasn't for me. It's a whole different realm in healthcare. It had its issues before COVID, but now with COVID, there's a, a whole number of different issues to add on top of the prior ones. Yeah. So I'm now in Halberton. I'm a framer contractor, and I'm loving it. And I want to make this place my home. I want to make this place a home for my future family, mm-hmm. and I want to see it grow in the right direction. So I decided to get involved, um, and, and so I could uh, help steer that in the right direction. And uh, I've chosen Ward 4 because I believe it's a beautiful place. I think that it's pretty diverse, but um, it's got uh, a lot of uh, beautiful uh, lake shores and everything that I'd like to be in. The uh, I'm, I don't actually live in Ward 4. Okay. I'm actually in Ward 2. Okay. But, uh, but I think that with the upcoming candidates, we're going to have some lovely discussions slash debates about the issues in ward four absolutely i think there's uh yeah there's 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 lots going on no shortage of things to talk about that's for sure yeah so as you know as a relative newcomer to to halliburton county um you know how did you find that transition moving moving into a new area uh you know obviously during the pandemic but uh you know one that 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 definitely sort of has its issues surrounding housing affordability availability that sort of thing How, how did you find that transition yeah, well, I once again, I love Halliburton. I love the nature, and uh, I love the fact that you can just kind of go five minutes in any direction and, and enjoy the, the the nature that is here. But I, I do have to say, it was a struggle uh, coming up here as a uh, as a newcomer trying to find a place to rent was next to impossible. Um, I'm lucky I have friends up here who I was able to you know do some couch surfing with and. Uh, do some short-term rentals with them and then turn into long-term rentals. But it's just because I had people that, uh, that I knew I couldn't imagine coming here, knowing no one trying to find a place to rent. And I think that that is a major issue in this, uh, election period is long-term rentals versus short-term rentals. I mean, for young people that want to work in this beautiful place, um, work that, you know, we have tons of here. It's, one of the biggest issues is you can't even get started because you don't have a place to live. So that's, uh, I think, I think I, I, uh, have a lot of insight on that, uh, on that field in the sense of, I know the struggle and side note, it's also not cheap too. If you do find a place to rent, it's not like you're uh, getting away from 
big city prices. So yeah, I think the the like you say the period where where people would would, would come and move up here because it was a fraction of the cost of living in uh, in the big city of uh, God come and gone and maybe even several years ago come and gone. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, have you ever run for municipal office before? I've never run for a municipal office. No. So what was it that you know inspired you to uh, to put your name forward uh, in this election? So, I uh, I've never run for municipal municipal office, but I ran for provincial office uh, this past spring. Uh, I ran with a party called New Blue, and I made that decision uh, earlier on this year um, when a group of Canadians gathered in our capital to stand up for something that they believed in. It uh, really motivated me to, um, instead of complain about things, take action and, and try to do something and participate in our democratic process to uh, try to influence some change. So um, after I went and visited Ottawa with my brother, um, I made a pledge to do everything that I can uh, to at least... Uh, um, get conversations going, get uh, rep- representation for people that wouldn't be represented otherwise, and uh, just try to overall do something instead of complain about things. So I, uh, I had a whirlwind experience in the provincial election. It was uh, pretty interesting. I learned a lot, but uh, now I'm just happy to participate in the election uh, up here, my future home. And uh, if, regardless of the outcome this year, uh, I'll be I'll be here for a long time. So y- you'll hear me around for a while. All right. So what was it that resonated with you? You know, with with the new blue party and inspired you to 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 to, to seek to represent them. Well, I I, uh, I love in Canada how we have multiple different parties, and it's not as you know. Uh, Republican versus Democrat, like you have it in the states, where it's like it's either this side or that side. There's there's a variation of, of uh, sides that you can take, but I found I find with um, with that being said, we don't really have any conservative alternatives. It's uh, the the PC party or or nothing else really. Um, whereas on the left you have uh, liberals, you have NDP, Greens kind of left as well. Uh, those are the popular ones. So um, I, I was just looking at, uh, you know, how, how I was going to um, uh, enter the political field or do something um, while I could still make a statement about uh, my stance on things. And, and I just I liked how the, uh, the New Blue was offering a, a conservative alternative. And I also... Um, I also did it because I didn't think that the government was handling, uh, specifically the Ford government, but the federal government as well, uh, handling the COVID situation. Having said that, it was an incredibly difficult thing to do, and I don't think any government, uh, you know, had the cheat sheet on how to handle such the complexities of all the issues that were going on. So. Yeah, I think that's for sure. That's uh, I say. I think everyone was sort of learning and rolling with the punches for uh, for a long time there. Absolutely, yeah. I do believe though that at the time that I made my decision, that there was a uh, quite a big number of people that were not being represented by any political party. Okay, and um, 
No, why don't you expand on that a little bit? What do you mean there? Like, uh, I, yeah, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, um, I, I always, from the get-go, and I just think it's a good mantra of life, is uh, I think that bodily autonomy is pretty important and allowing people to uh, make decisions for themselves. Um, and I, we were looking at a pretty uh, grim uh, reality uh, earlier on this year when we were uh, having discussions uh, provincially against different provinces, ever you know, spitballing, but, uh, you know, taxing people for not being vaccinated or not allowing them access to health care and things like that. Now, these were just discussions, but uh, things were heading in a, in a certain direction until people that, you know, felt like they needed to stand up for themselves uh, – did so so it it really it really just inspired me to uh to take action as opposed to uh sit and wallow okay and did did you participate in those those rallies that were taking place in 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 ottawa i think you you mentioned you went there with with your your brother earlier in the interview yeah yeah so i went down uh the first the first weekend when it happened uh you know social media was blowing up but the mainstream media wasn't really saying much about it except for uh certain negative things and uh and then over the the first week that it happened it was just it was crazy and and i couldn't believe it because uh just the contrast between mainstream media and what you know people were firsthand posting online so my brother uh messaged me on the thursday and said i gotta go and i said i'm right there with you and we went and checked it out for ourselves and it was you know the most amazing uh, friendly, um, you know, everyone was looking out for each other. No one was having a bad time. Uh, it was, it was really positive. My experience when I was there, that was uh, pretty early on though. Sure. And of course, as it, as it dragged on, uh, as it did, it did get a bit more, uh, grim, but, uh, when I was there, it was, it was amazing. And to be quite honest, it changed my life. I mean, here I am now participating in a, uh, another election in prior to this year i would have never thought i would be doing something like this so and so how, how long did you spend there uh i spent the night okay at an airbnb gotcha okay all right so getting back to um yeah it's, i guess lo- local focus what do you see as being you know the biggest uh, biggest issue uh for you heading into this election uh you know perhaps as it relates to ward four um, I, honestly, I obviously you got to prep for this one, but it, it always comes back to healthcare. I have a I have a, a, a background in healthcare, and uh, specifically geriatric healthcare. I think that we really need to be looking out for uh, for those that are aging in our community while still in their homes. Um, it obviously the best. I guess it's not so obvious, but the best outcome is to have people aging in the in their own homes so that they're not institutionalized and to keep them out of hospitals. So some of the issues that uh, arise from that are obviously the cost of living, the cost of electricity, uh, especially those that are on uh, fixed wages. Um, if the electricity price goes up and most of your paycheck is going to warming your house, you know, how are you supposed to pay for those uh extra hours of uh home care that you need or 
groceries that you need or you know so on so forth snow removal if you have a big driveway so there's there's a lot to be said with uh with healthcare but i think specifically um healthcare um in regards to our older population but obviously the housing situation and uh i just also think that accessibility um roads are is in that kind of accessibility bubble but also how are people supposed to um get around um there's not a lot of public transportation here but uh it would be nice to see a bit more um you know disability public transport and stuff like that so i think that uh i would like to shine a light on the geriatric health health care okay so we're going to shift now into some of those hot button topics that uh, that I mentioned before. I think you know you've touched on this a couple of times already. I think one A right at the very top of the list uh, for Halliburton County and probably for most municipalities across Ontario and, and maybe even Canada is, is is housing. You know there is a real lack of not only affordable but available housing in Halliburton County. You know I think this is leading to a lot of long time residents if they've not already been forced out of the community. They're you know questioning their, their long-term future here. And, and it's certainly difficult to attract uh, working professionals to fill some of the jobs that we have, uh, you know, when they don't have places to live. What what ideas or, or potential solutions, you know, do you have to, to combat this problem and, uh, you know, increase the, the, the housing inventory across, uh, across Dysart and Halliburton County? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Obviously, Airbnb is an issue. Having said that, I am not a fan of governments restricting uh, people's autonomy to use their own asset to develop money or make their own money. Um, It does have uh, an issue in the community. It does have an issue for neighbors. Um, So Airbnbs are kind of a... uh, I don't quite know how to uh, how to deal with the whole situation with Airbnbs, but they are a problem when it comes to available housing in the community. Um, I, I think that we obviously need to build more houses, um, but with that, it's it's not just as easy as building more houses. You need to have people to build them. You need to have people to do everything from the foundation to the framing to electricity plumbing and those people all need to have a place to live so it's kind of like chicken or the egg type thing um also i know that in other areas well with with our area with um septics in the shoreline issue um you either need to have septics for all these new builds or you need to create a new treatment facility. Um, there's only the one treatment facility in, in Dysart, but maybe that would be a, a step towards um, creating the infrastructure to have more buildings um, if you had a, another treatment plant. Uh, with a treatment plant, you could build a bigger kind of, uh, not apartment, but a multi-dwelling unit that could uh foster some some good uh shelter for maybe lower income uh or subsidize people um i'll leave it at that okay keep going but i tend to 
blabber. Hey, no problem. You got as much time as you need here. If you've got uh, if you've got ideas or, or solutions, I mean, this is this is your platform to put it all out there. So um, yeah, I'm gonna touch on a couple of a uh, couple of developments that that have been proposed in in Dysart. Uh, again, not 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 in Ward Four, not in the ward you're running in, but uh, I think the big one that's got people talking is the uh, proposed condominiums uh, for for Grass Lake. Obviously, there's been a group that has sprang up in opposition of that. Uh, there's going to be a public meeting later this month. I mean, what what what's your position on 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 the developments of um, you know a pretty significant uh, significant apartment complex, condo complex on on the shores of Grass Lake? Yeah, um, it's it's my understanding that it, it won't actually be on the shore and it won't actually be um, developed on wetlands. Now, having said that, um, I, I'm sure that the construction, although it's not being built on the shores, um, you know, it's not just where the building blueprint or footprint is going to be. You have the surrounding area that is affected when when things are built, but uh, you know I think that more housing. You know everyone's saying we need more housing, more housing, more housing. When we have these opportunities, we kind of have to to jump on them. But um, I I do think that we could kind of cater to both sides here and ensure that we're developing this condominium or condominiums. Um, a not on the wetlands. We don't want to be affecting our water we don't want to be affecting any native species uh that are growing uh and if we do we want to make sure we offset our destruction to them but uh you know we need these we need these places uh, like take and take it from me a guy who was trying to look for a long-term rental for a year and uh just leaning on my friends so hard like it, it i wanted to be up here there's lots of work up here for me but I, I couldn't find a place to live. So we, we need those places. I am for the development, but just responsibly. Okay. And pivoting ever so slightly, you know, to um, another big issue that's been uh, sort of unbubbling under the surface for, for decades now, you know, and that's surrounding poverty. Uh, Halliburton County has been recognized as one of the poorest in Ontario for, for many, many years now, right there with, with Manitoulin Island. Uh, latest data suggests at least 17% of our population lives in poverty. Uh, when it comes to children, that rate jumps up to around 25%. What do you think can be done at the municipal level uh, you know, to, 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 to actually take action, try and buck this trend, and, and turn the situation around for, uh, for families in the, in the county? Well, I think um, maybe, maybe looking at... Uh bringing a bit of industry up here, a bit of, um, a bit more jobs, but jobs that require, uh, people at all pay scales, but, uh, like, you know, why, why not, why wouldn't we be able to, uh, to do a bit of manufacturing up here or, uh, um, you know, a bit, bit more industry. Um, I know we have restaurants here and there and we have, um, you know, the downtown core, if you want to call it that. I'm saying that because I'm from Barrie, but, uh, and side note, I'm not modeling after Barrie either. It has its own issues, but I think that more opportunity for people here would be a, a great start. Um, I also think that, um, our public transportation as well. Um, they're next to none. I don't, I, I, 
from what I can see up here. And uh, it's one thing to kind of create the jobs up here, but if people aren't able to get to and from, because we are geographically uh, spread out, we can't really, um, we can't really expect people to go to work if they can't travel around. Um, public transportation maybe maybe doesn't have to be too too uh, extravagant. Um, it doesn't have to be like uh, creating a uh, high speed rail trail or, so, or uh, train or something, but just more uh, uh, more access to uh, you know maybe personal vehicles for those in wheelchairs or um, you know like a like you know the municipality could take the initiative to get a fleet of uh, accessible cars or uh, small vans to get uh, those with accessibility needs to and from um, work that they could do. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like I said, also, I don't really know if municipal um, at the municipal level, we could do anything about this, but uh, the energy poorness that meaning that uh, the amount of money that people are going to be spending for heating this winter is going to really, really, really pinch the pockets of a lot of our, uh, of our lot of constituents. And I think that that really needs to be uh, focused on before it becomes, you know, the, the, the problem right in front of us. Now would be a good time to start talking about solutions. So what do you think can be done, you know, preemptively to try and, uh, you know, knit those issues around energy cost rising and the button and, and, and try and ensure people aren't having to say, for example, choose between heating their home or, 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 or you know, having a meal? Right. Well, it would be nice to be able to retrofit um, a lot of these houses uh, away from, let's say, propane um, or your natural gas however however you're heating it uh with with your fossil fuels but the reality is is a lot of these homes can't be uh retrofitted to electrical uh baseboard um just because of the way that that they are built and and, you know how old they are um so i don't know if that would mean before retrofitting kind of renovations to these homes or uh and I don't know if that's something that the municipality could take on, but like I said, it it uh, it, it it really is going to be an issue with energy um, this winter. Um, and on top of all that, too, there's also the impending supply uh, supply chain uh, issues that uh, that may affect energy as well. You know, like. Um, who knows if, if everyone's going to be able to access all this energy, but even, even if that, you know, what the choice between, uh, food or heating, but what if the food's pretty sparse too? So I think there is a lot of issues that, um, that we need to be focused on. Um, I, I, I don't know how much the municipality can give to those that need it for energy, but, having said that with this new shoreline bylaw we're allotting a lot of our budget towards that so i'm not too sure if that is the if if we're putting money in the right places yeah. uh, at this point in time 
Well, I think there's certainly a precedent there for, for municipalities to support organizations like like the Halliburton County Heat Bank, for example, who, you know, they provide a wide array, a wide array of services to, uh, to residents throughout the winter, whether it's, you know, physically giving them wood that they can burn or, you know, helping them out with, uh, with some money here and there to be able to pay their bills. I mean, organizations like that are are uh, you know operating I think at an all-time high right now just with uh, with costs escalating across the board so um, yeah opportunities I guess to get into partnerships with uh, with places like that yeah that that's a great idea yeah. <laughs> all right and then uh, one thing I'm sure you've noticed since moving to to Halliburton County whenever you're out uh, you know if you're out downtown Halliburton you're out downtown Minden is the the help wanted signs that are up in almost every every business everywhere you look How do you think we go about restocking our labor pool and, and making Halliburton County an, an attractive and, and feasible place for, for people to work, you know, particularly for for those organizations that are, that, that rely on entry level or, or seasonal workers to, uh, to be able to operate their business? Yeah, that's that's a, another great question. And um, not too long ago, I found myself uh, looking for those types of jobs. Um, it's really hard up here though, because if you compare the same type of job here, as opposed to down in the city, um, we already kind of brushed up on it before. You're not really, I'm assuming that you're renting if you're looking for a place, uh, a, a job at entry level, or you're living with someone kind of subsidized rent or rent free. Mm-hmm. Um, ju- just because a home ownership so expensive now, but the issue with these types of jobs is that it's not the same as living somewhere with um, a denser population, with more public transportation, and things like that. If you if you're looking for a job up here, if you don't live within a couple kilometers of where that job is, you're going to need a vehicle, which costs money. You're going to need to pay for gas, which costs money. You're going to be paying for rent. You're going to be doing all these things, and entry level wages just doesn't cut it. Now what do you do? You know, it's not like the business owner can then, uh, offer to pay more. Maybe they can, maybe, maybe that's how they get them in, pay them more. But, um, the issue really lies with the overall cost of living and how uh, expensive things have gotten. Um, I, I would say that if you wanted people to maybe that who grew up here, if you wanted them to maybe stick around then to go seek greener pastures elsewhere, um, and, you know, take those uh, seasonal or entry level jobs, maybe make it a bit more, um, you know, advantageous for young people to stay around with uh, a bit more things to do. Um, you know, I, once again, I, I'm moving here to Halliburton because I love the, um, how it is and, you know, it's quiet and there's nature and all these things. But <clears throat> if you don't have anything for young people to do, because I'm assuming a lot of these jobs will be taken by younger people, but they could be taken by people of any age, but they need, they need to have a reason to kind of want to stick around and to go further South into the cities where a lot more is happening, a lot more ex- excitement. So maybe, uh, like I said, a bit more industry, a bit more, uh, things happening up here. Okay. Yeah, and just uh, just just a 
a note as well. This was 2019, so so pre-pandemic, and we all know how much costs have gone up since then. But uh, yeah, a report that was put to uh, to the county council, I believe it was from the the, the health unit, uh, pegged our living wage at $19.42 an hour. So uh, yeah, you can already see there the challenges that uh, the challenges that you know low-income workers face. You know, making ends meet. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's an impossible impossible situation for many. I think right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, really. And then once you're kind of stuck in that, uh, stuck in the, um, you know, the renting uh, whirlwind type thing, it's it's really hard to get out because you're all of your money, like you can't save up when everything's so expensive. You can't you can't put away your paycheck because you're making entry level wages and you're just scraping by. So it's it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's a big issue. Um, I, and it's funny because the pandemic has has definitely made a a, a bad situation worse. Um, so yeah, it's, that's all it's, I need to it, say about that. It's tough, yeah. <laughs> so as you say, you know, a, a health worker before. So I mean, this will be this will be interesting to get your take on on, on this. Pretty well documented the staffing shortages. Um, you know, at the at the Halliburton and Minden hospitals. That's led to. Uh, Triple HS administration in recent months saying that temporary ER department shutdowns may be necessary. I mean, that's been hanging over the community's head, I think, since around November last year is when we first broke that story. Fortunately, not come to pass. There's been no no shutdowns as of yet. But still, just the fact that this was a possibility sort of begs the question of, uh, you know, do you think we can continue to support and accommodate two different hospital sites in, in Halliburton County moving forward? I hope we can. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it's it, it's a staffing issue as well, right? Yeah. Um, it's you know, nurses, doctors, they, you know, they, they I, It was my understanding when I was younger that doctors made a boatload of money, but you have to first take into account nurses, doctors alike, that they are most likely going to have student debt when they finish, and for doctors it's a lot of student debt so they're not necessarily making a lot of money in their early um stages but also doctors are needed everywhere why would a doctor who can choose anywhere to to live if if, we're assuming we're not we're not creating our own doctors here um why would they choose here if their spouse can't find a job, you know, like if their spouse has nothing to do, or maybe they don't have a spouse, maybe they're, they're a single doctor. There's nothing, there's nothing for that doctor. There's nothing for that nurse up here. Um, and so, so they're going to be spending the same amount on living. They're going to be spending the same amount on food. They're going to be, they're going to be spending the same amount on housing, the same, as the city where there's a lot more opportunity for, for things like that. So I think what it, what it comes down to is, is, um, affordability, a bit of growth here. Um, and that'll kind of have a ripple effect in our hospitals. Hopefully that more people will want to come up here. And there's the obvious, uh, it's not obvious, but it's also nothing really we can do municipally, but it would be nice to have, uh, healthcare workers who 
did not get vaccinated to be able to work in hospitals again. The CDC just announced that the vaccinated and the unvaccinated are to be treated the same now. So I think that if there was some way, which I'm sure there isn't, but if there was some way to offer uh, healthcare workers who all around Ontario who didn't uh, want to receive the vaccine and had to leave the healthcare industry, if we were able to offer them positions up here uh, back in their old jobs that they are qualified for, instead of trying to, um, you know, get student nurses or student doctors up here to do, um, to do, um, you know, some work, which is also an option, but you know, the ones that are already trained that uh, are everywhere in Ontario would be fantastic to have here. We'd, we'd uh, accept them with open arms. I apologize. I, <laughs> I apologize I'm to you. Here, I'm just here to create discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize to you and anyone else who might be listening for the commotion in the background there. I think my, uh, my, my dog found a squirrel or something in the backyard and couldn't let it go, so... <laughs> Yeah, dogs are dogs are dogs. There you go. There you go. So another uh, another big question to sort of throw at you. Um, you know, amalgamation, sort of a buzzword and has been for a long time up in Halliburton County. Where do you stand on the potential, um, well, yeah, I guess amalgamation of all four lower tier governments uh, across the Highlands coming together to form a single tier government like we see just uh, to the south of us in the city of Corth Lakes? Uh, hmm. well i'm mixed i've mixed emotions about that um so i know that government is necessary i don't like when government tries to overreach or expand or gain power amalgamation seems like it would be nice but maybe so, so I'm, I'm going to start by saying this. Amalgamation of things like roads would be amazing, especially like plowing roads. Um, if, if you have county roads and municipal roads mixed in and you have uh, county, county snow, snow removal for uh, some roads and municipal snow removal for other roads, but you have a snow plow going on the county roads, lifting up their snow cloud through the municipal roads. And then when they get to another county road, they drop. I don't think that makes any sense. So amalgamation of services such as roads would maybe make things a lot easier. Also around uh, um, the municipal lines. So if you take Minden and Dysart, for example, um, if you have a snow plow that could potentially reach into Minden and come back into Dysart, but it can't do that because it's a different municipality, I don't think that makes any sense. So maybe amalgamation within certain services, but amalgamation of um, the actual municipalities. I, I I think I think I would leave that one up for uh, for more. I, I would like to kind of get a bit more information on uh, on the area yeah. and the, what the people really feel like too, because I, I'm not too sure how I feel about that, but. I'm not going to offer an opinion on the wholesale amalgamation, but like I said, amalgamation of services like roads would maybe be 
uh, beneficial yeah. to everyone. And that work, I guess, say, is already taking place. I know the county sort of launched its service delivery review um, last year. They, they're identifying certain areas where uh, where all four municipalities can sort of come together, work better together, and uh, reduce the uh, repeating of, of jobs, repeating of services, um, not only to provide better service, but, you know, cost savings as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that work is underway. And I know when... Uh, Lisa, uh, with the Highlander, sort of launched into her uh, amalgamation process. Uh, got about a year ago now. You know, she went into that process thinking uh, amalgamation was the way to go, and you know, four feature length stories. And God, I don't know, a dozen interviews later, she she changed her mind and thought, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe amalgamation isn't the way to go. Maybe we should pre- uh, go down the road of the service delivery review. So um, yeah, I mean that that you say that word is that work's already going on. So uh, yeah, nice to see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think you sort of mentioned this before, you know, the the whole shoreline preservation bylaw, that's been such a contentious issue here for, uh, you know, preceding even my time. It's been going on for four or five years now. Uh, Obviously, council decided that they were going to adopt um, a bylaw, adopt a document uh, last month. Uh, You know, wanted to get your your, your final, your your thoughts on where they, where they arrived with that, uh, with that final document. Yeah, so um, obviously I've, I've had uh, had to do my research on this one, but uh, it's so refreshing uh, to not have to, like for this to be one of the most pressing issues, I think it's great. I think that uh, the people that are caring for our natural environment is amazing, but I also feel for people who own property that feel as though they are not allowed to do anything with their expensive property. Um where I landed when I first heard this was, geez, this is, this is silly. We should, everyone who owns property should be able to do what they want with it. And then I looked into it more and had to get educated on it more. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized, ah, geez, all right, this is a necessary, I'm going to call it a necessary evil. I don't like a bylaw that restricts people's, uh, um, independence with their own property but what it comes down to quite simply is we're just trying to figure out a way that we can protect the water we can protect the native species um both animals and mainly plants really because they kind of balance out the ecosystem and above all you don't want to be affecting your neighbors your direct neighbors or the neighbors on your lake and it, it really is a nice thing if, if a lake can get together through uh, camaraderie of just the, the respect they have for natural nature and um, find, find ways to, to preserve things. So the old bylaw was more about trees, in my understanding. And this is now more about vegetation. But more than that, it's the big thing with this one is the water levels, um, the the measuring of certain things in the water it's it seems as though there's a direct impact from septics and whether old septics or defective septics or just sewage going directly into the lake that's uh creating more um higher level of um content in the lake that that is is affecting the balance of you know the whole nature so 
I, I think that this new bylaw maybe maybe shouldn't have been passed when it when it was because I think there's a lot that was still unanswered. But the current council needed to pass it because they could have had a situation where a new council came in and just squashed it all. So it's better to for it, it, I can see why they thought it was better to pass it, leave their legacy. And it's now up for the next council to decide how the implementation of these uh, things are going to are going to be done. Okay. Um, secondly, this is a the the new shoreline bylaw is from the county level. Is it? Yes. So municipally, if we if if you know there's a candidate or a certain group of people that want to completely squash it, all all the power to that movement of people. I, I stand with people who are trying to do something in their governments that they believe is um, the way that they want to go with things. Uh, like, look at my experience with how I got into politics. I, I completely stand with them. But it seems to me like that's going to be extremely difficult. And I think this new council should more be focusing on how are we going to at- – the information that people need easily there's there's a frustration that i have when i go to look up something online and if i can't find it in you know the first three minutes of looking on a website if i don't want to be looking it up um i get pretty frustrated so yeah. if you if if i'm getting a a, a ruling or wh- whatever you want to call it from the government a bylaw saying that I can't do something with like, I can't do some uh, landscaping near my, uh, near my shoreline, you know, how, how can I find out easily uh, where that line is or like if I can have this or that, or, you know, so I think number one, the new council should be uh, focused on making access to information easier. And number two, I don't think we need to be hiring on a bunch of new people uh, expanding our government and expanding our bud, uh, or eating up more of our budget that we don't have a lot of. Um, I think that if if we did want to have people uh, obeying these these bylaws, making it uh, less of a burden on the, the the taxpayer for this bylaw is a bit better. You know, there's private there's private services uh, like ecological surveying and things like that that people can can obtain with their own money i don't think that um the the money from the municipality should be going to only a few amount of people well it's not really a few especially in ward four but the people with waterfront properties um the shoreline bylaw doesn't affect everyone is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. uh directly so if you um put a lot of your money into the um implementation of this new bylaw i don't think it would be fair to those people who don't have shoreline properties okay, okay then you know this is again something that uh, that was mentioned before but uh, the idea of short-term rentals you know i think you already said that, that you do believe they have a place in in halliburton county uh going one step further you know, do you think that these the these sorts of things like Airbnbs should be regulated? And if so, how would you go about doing that? 
how would I go about regulating Airbnbs? <laughs> um, well, Be careful here. I don't think that the government should be the ones regulating Airbnbs. Um, it does have a direct impact on everyone. It does, uh, y- you know, if it's not done right, it can really um, affect neighbors, uh, but it does affect the broader community as well. But what would a municipal um, like bylaw look like you can't you can't post on the on airbnb well then maybe you'll use another website i think it's more looking more looking more overarching not just at airbnb but just you know short-term rentals in general i think looking at you know what communities like i think up in muskoka have done where you know if you if you want to run an airbnb it should be done as a business you know you apply for you know for a registration and that's all handled through uh, through the township who then you know puts out a list of rules that they have to follow and you know if obviously they they run foul of those rules there are fines other uh, other consequences of that you know do you think do you think that's the way that that we should go in Halliburton County um, that's an idea but um, then it comes to enforcement as well um, I mean I mean that it would be great if if we could uh, have a lot more staff to enforce those, you know, uh, people to go make sure that, you know, like compliance officers. Yeah. But uh, the reality is, is I don't think we should be looking at spending more money within uh, the municipal ranks at this point in time. I think that our first, um, you know, uh, our job as this next council should be to try to get a better budget to work with so that we can do all these great things in the future. Uh, where we are right now, that kind of, to me, seems like it's going to um, add expense to our budgets by hiring um, compliance officers and hiring people to uh, do all the paperwork and uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if we're if we're ready for that right now. Um, now that's just my opinion. Um, I I don't I don't live beside. I don't live on the water beside an Airbnb. I don't feel the effects that the Airbnb um, that the people that that do have the issues with the Airbnbs. I, I don't necessarily feel those effects from day to day because they're not they're not directly affecting me. But I do. I do know where they're coming from. I do know where their source of frustration is, but I'm not sure if it is um, time for those type of uh, restrictions just yet. I do, however, know that the Airbnb in the short-term rentals um, are an issue for the rental, for the long-term rentals too, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So let's say, you know, theoretical uh, hypothetical here you know following that october 24th uh, election you are voted in you are the elected representative for ward four uh one of the first thing that's going to come across the new council's table is uh, is the 2023 budget uh what would be your priorities uh heading into uh, budget deliberations if you are a part of uh dysart's next council well i i would like to see uh the um the previous council 
developed a uh, a fiscal responsibility, I guess, of uh, putting away uh, some money every every time that they um, that they kind of brought money in. Uh, I don't I don't quite know the numbers or anything, but I know that it was uh, developed with this last council, um, kind of like stashing away three percent, and I think that things like that shouldn't should be kept uh kind of untouched obviously um respected you want to respect everything that the um the previous councils have done so the first thing i would do is is look at look at what we currently do have in place uh financially um and then from there kind of look to how we can grow our uh our income but also save some more money as well um spending money though i would like to see um uh the idea of a kind of like a disable this disability vehicle or a, a vehicle that can um that can have you know the wheelchair ramp and have everyone uh you know safely transported for those people that that really need that type of uh, transportation in our community if we were to get a, a one or two of those vehicles like a fleet of those um to try to help during the winter periods and the summer as well but try to get uh people around in our community um i'm all about social interaction and uh, involvement in the community so i would love to see uh, community-based events in the winter um obviously um things like that can uh can happen indoor and if uh if people need to go to a, a public place for warmth as well that that would be uh fantastic in in the winter um yeah that, that would probably be right off the bat we'd be getting close to winter and everyone would be talking about how cold it's getting and whatnot and mm-hmm. i would like to see uh people kind of be there as a community as a part uh, kind of get closer together as a part of um and i'll uh, then the alternative of everyone kind of not talking to each other staying away from each other being afraid Awesome. Okay. All right. So, any uh, any final thoughts? Anything that we haven't had an opportunity to uh, to bring up, touch on that uh, you feel it might be important to do so? Uh, yeah. Well, for anyone listening, um, I just wanted to say thanks for taking the time to uh, listen all this way. If you guys have uh, any questions at all, um, you can reach out to me on my email. At the end of the day, my email is. Uh, HaydenJHughes at gmail.com. At the end of the day, I'm just, I just want to help out people. Um, you know, when I was younger, I never really had like a dream job of like, oh, yeah, I want to do this. I just always knew that I, I wanted to help people and um, try to do that in healthcare before wasn't really my way of, uh, of doing it. Now that I'm a, I'm a contractor framer. I feel as though I'm still helping people, but, uh, you know, there, there's something missing a bit and, uh, entering this political realm. I, I just, I just really want to hear from people, want to hear perspectives and I want to, uh, facilitate more conversation. I think that people have kind of shut, um, thing, uh, opinions that, uh, contradict their own. They've shut them out over the past couple of years. And I think it's, so important now for people to still talk to each other even if you don't agree with them and be nice to uh to 
you know, your neighbors. Um, so if, if you want to vote for me, vote for me, go ahead. But, uh, I'm going to be around for a while and, uh, you'll see me, you'll see me around in the community. So once again, just have a great day, smile, be nice to, uh, your neighbors. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. All right. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for your time, Hayden. And thank you everybody for listening. What Are We Doing is a podcast produced by Justin Van Leishout in partnership with The Highlander. Reporters working on this project include me, Sam Gillett, our editor, Lisa Gervais, and Mike Baker. Be sure to follow along as we cover candidates in your riding, as well as everyone running for election across Halliburton County. Music in this episode is from Kashaga, and our cover art is from Jason Yates, who can be found on Instagram at JY.inc.